Father God, as we continue in your presence, <coughs> Holy Spirit, come and minister in deeper ways into us as we hear your word in the name of Jesus. Probably should move over here. This morning, I want to share with you the reason why we have this 21 day of prayer, fasting, and pressing into God for breakthrough. So the message today is about breakthrough. <coughs> it is in two parts. First, I'm just going to show from scripture what Jesus taught us. We heard last week, didn't we, about prayer. So today I'm digging a little bit deeper into the fasting aspects. And then after we've done that, I'm going to share with you what God specifically have said to us about Life Center and Livingston. And I am aware that many of you are quite new to the church. So I'm going to just give you a, a short summary of the history. So it'll be in two parts. Okay, so we are fasting, we are praying, fasting. Got to do something that we desire more than food. We were singing the, the scripture this morning, weren't we? Quite a few scripture then. And one of them was, man shall not live by bread alone. So there's got to be something that we desire more than food. Fasting is refraining from food for spiritual purposes. If it's not for spiritual purpose, what is it called? A diet. We're not on a diet because we're seeking God. We're seeking God. Psalm 42 verse 2, the psalmist says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And then down in verse 7, it says, deep calls unto deep. So we, remember, when you get cravings, you feel hungry, just in your heart to say, God, I'm hungry for you. Your stomach tells you you're hungry. You tell your stomach you're hungry for God. It's a way of pressing in. Ecclesiastics 4.12, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now the threefold cord can be many things, but one of the things I believe it is, it's referring to what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 6. We're not going to put up all those verses because it's really the entire chapter, but go and read Matthew 6 again. And what is Jesus talking about? When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when you give, when you give, when you fast, when you fast. So for these three things that Jesus is saying to his disciple, when you do this, praying, giving, fasting. These are the three things that Jesus expects of us as disciples. Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom was destroyed. And the scripture says it's because they did not give, they did not help the, those that were in need. 
So these are the three things, very powerful in uh, Matthew 6. And then in Matthew 17, 20, it tells us nothing will be impossible. We have faith. Nothing will be impossible. And now I want to jump to Mark 4, <coughs> verse 8. We read in Mark 4, verse 8. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And you go to verse 20, also on Mark 4, you again get this, thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and some a hundred. What could that be? What do you think 30-fold is? And what is 60-fold? What can we do as believers? If you pray, you get 30-fold. If you pray and you give, you get 60-fold. But if you pray and you give and you fast, you get 100-fold. That's what we are pressing in for, isn't it? For 100-fold. Because back in Matthew 6, Jesus says, when we do this, God will reward us. We do this privately and God will reward us openly. God will reward us openly with this new building. Amen. He is a good God. Would you do this if it was your child that asked and it was within your power? Yes. How much more? Will our Heavenly Father do this for us? Praise God. Back to the fasting bit. Isn't it, isn't it strange in one way, but the scripture talks so much about eating. Trouble started with eating. If you go back to Genesis 3.6, and we know this scripture so well, but we don't always think about it as eating. But it actually came about, the fall came about through eating. Think about that. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took up its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Adam and Eve ate themselves out of the home. They literally ate themselves out of the precious home that God had given them. But then Jesus came. He's reversed this. So many success stories in scripture of people that through fasting got breakthrough. Moses fasted for 40 days. And he was given the Ten Commandments. Still operating today. Esther called for a three-day full fast. There's different kinds of fast. Esther's fast was full because no food and no water. We are not advising you to go without water for this fast. Or if you do, don't make it long. Okay, just be sensible. But Esther, it was because it was life or death situation. See? We're not in life and death yet, but we are at a critical point. 
But for Esther, it was a full fast. And what happened? The whole nation was spared. Complete breakthrough, complete reversal. Very powerful. Hannah desired a son. And scripture says she wept and did not eat. And what happened? She gave birth to Samuel who became probably the mightiest prophet that's ever lived. Because the scripture talks about him that none of his word fell to the ground. She fasted. She prayed. So powerful. Joshua fasted 40 days. Daniel did a partial fast for 21 days. That's a good one that we can, we can copy a partial fast, you know, people that still have to do a lot of work and have to keep some energy. We can all do a partial fast. Even if you're on medication, you can still do a partial fast. Cut out. In Daniel, he only ate, he cut out all the meat, all the sweet things. He only ate things that grow on the ground. Vegetables. Lentils. Nuts. You know, that's what he ate. That's what he ate. So that's a partial fast. Daniel, 21 days. Paul, he fasted at one point for three days, scripture tells us. Another place it tells us he fasted for 14 days. Peter fasted for three days. Jesus himself did a full fast for 40 days. Whoa. Whoa. So you have absolute fast, you have a normal fast, you have a partial fast. And some people do... Uh, from sunrise to sunset, some people do 24 hours. But we've set aside 21 days. You've just, you do what you determine in your heart, between you and the Lord. But join in in the prayer. It's amazing when we replace food with prayer, then you suddenly realize actually how much of your time is spent going out shopping for food, preparing food, eating food, cleaning up afterwards. See, if you're not doing that, you have a lot of extra time. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> ah. In Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's what we're doing, right? Our bodies are living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So Paul's saying, this is a reasonable thing to do. It's reasonable. Why? Because Christ paid the price for us. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know the will of God for your life? This is the way. Present your body as a living sacrifice. So we present our bodies through our praying, our giving, and our fasting. <coughs> and through this, it makes us more sensitive to hear the voice of God. To hear the voice of God. Paul was fasting when God called him and shared his assignment. You can read that in Acts 9, 7 to 9. Because it says he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. And after the three days, he knew why God had called him. 
So it must have been an amazing experience. He was fasting during that three days. Peter was fasting on the rooftop when God gave him the revelation about the Gentiles. Oh, don't you praise God for that. It's brought us all into the kingdom. But he fasted and God showed up. And in the book of Joel, it says, Joel 2, 28, famous words, it shall come to pass afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The prophetic words of Joel, some of it still to be fulfilled. The Holy Spirit still to be poured out on all, all, all. All means all, no exceptions. But it says, when will it come to pass? Afterwards. After what? Well, you need to go back and read in the beginning of Joel and you'll see they fasted. So as we fast, expect the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Fasting prepares us for a new anointing. And that is what we are seeking God for. We are seeking God for breakthrough. We are seeking God for breakthrough in getting the right location. We are praying that our hearts will be in the right position because that's the most important thing so that God can use us. And also that we as a church, as a body of believers, will be in the right position, the right building, the right place, God's timing and God's order. As a body of believers, we have some wonderful prophetic words for this church that God has spoken and called us. Very often we share those words, but we sometimes forget about the conditions. One of the conditions is God will not tolerate sin. God will not tolerate sin. You can wait all your life. He will not change. I, I have to come into alignment with him, not expecting him to change because of me. So that's why we are praying that we, our hearts will be in the right place. And we are saying, search my heart, O oh God. Search my heart, O oh God, Psalm 139. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. This is one of the conditions for God to continue to use us and to be used more. We need to have our hearts in the right place. It is the most critical piece. We have to do that. We have to get our heart right. And the scripture says, you know, we humble ourselves through fasting. It doesn't say in the Bible, it talks about that we humble ourselves. We do it. How do we humble? With fasting. It's one of the ways we humble ourselves. Not for God to humble us, but with something that we do ourselves. That's a scriptural basis. I humble myself through fasting. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves. Humble, humble, humble. And this is one of the conditions as well for us. The Lord has spoken, oh one, oh one. We are, we've got, we are on our daily Zoom calls just, just now. And last night as we were praying together, the Lord reminded us again about staying humble. Mm-hmm. Staying humble. You know, we wear a cloak of humility on top of our full armour. Yes, yes. So, a little bit more about... Uh, what God has said for us in Livingston. 
So for those of you that are quite new, Livingston is, is, is a new town, it's considered a new town and it came about in 1962. Before that it was just small little villages and then they took the names from the small villages and renamed and decided this was going to be the overflow area and people were the, from Glasgow, Edinburgh were relocated and they started to build these houses here and they were going to call it Livingston. And now Livingston is the largest town in West Lothian and currently there's probably about 60,000 people here. 60,000. And you will see they're building everywhere and there's still a shortage of houses. So it's a growing place. It's a growing place. Now Melvin and I came to Livingston in the late 1980s and as we came to Livingston one of the things we learned was that according to the statistics for Scotland, Livingston has the lowest church attendance in all of Scotland. The lowest church attendance. Hmm. When we got the statistics through in the mail we would read it and then we would take it and we would rip it up and put it in the bin and declare that our future is not determined by statistics and our future is not determined by the past. Our future is determined by God Almighty as we surrender to Him. But it gave us the understanding that is why we are here. And I'm telling you, this is why you are here. You are not here by accident. God has called you. Every one of you. Amen. It was prophesied many, many years ago. We were told when we arrived in the 1980s, we were told there had been prophetic words over the church. That this would be a very international church. But in those days, it was like I was the, the only international there because I had come from Denmark. But now, look at us. This is scriptural. This is kingdom. This is kingdom. This is kingdom. God has a plan. And the prophetic word said those people would be relocated and they would come to Livingston. Some of you think you came because of a job. But it's all God's plan. Don't you know the scripture says that your steps are ordered by the Lord. So you're not here by accident. God has sent you. The other thing that the prophetic words have said is God has already equipped you. You are mighty men and women of God. The call of God's on your lives. You are here and you're standing. And you're here to bring in the harvest. We're all in different stages of our lives. We're in different chapters. You know when your children are small, you need to spend a lot of time with your kids. That's your top priority. You'll be busy working, you're busy in your career. But if you when we look at scriptures, we know it's all God's plan. Look at Joseph, look what he had to go through before finally. So every one of you, you God's positioned you. We've listened to your stories how God sent you and God gave you scripture and God opened the door. It's a God thing. You're here for a purpose. When God looks at Livingston, he does not look at it the way that human beings look. He says he created Livingston. It was his idea. 
It is to be a living time. So we've got to be stepping up and taking authority over the spirit of death and proclaim and declare and release the life of God into this area. God also says that Livingston is a strategic place that he placed to be connection into Glasgow and Edinburgh, the M8 corridor. And he says the central belt, that Livingston is the pin in the belt. If you wear a belt and the pin goes, that's bad news, isn't it? He says Livingston is the pin in the belt. So we are strategically positioned. Livingston has been positioned by God strategically to bring alignment between Glasgow and Edinburgh and from here for it to flow out to the rest of the nation. But there has been a displacement spirit against Livingston and there was a displacement spirit against this church. I'll explain that to you. Okay, when we arrived in Livingston in the late 80s, this church were meeting. This was the only Pentecostal spirit-filled church at the time. So naturally we joined. Yeah, this was the only one that was spirit-filled. Um, so we joined. And the meetings took place at Howden Park, that which is now privately owned and is homes, but at that time it was owned by the council and we would meet there. And then the church said, oh, we have, um, we have this temporary wooden structure, which is like two classrooms, and we're going to build a church for that. And so a church was put together at Maple Grove, and it lasted for 20 years because it was a second-hand wooden structure. <laughs> However, what was the displacement spirit? Well, the Lord revealed it to us and said, there's been a displacement spirit because you're not quite at the center. Because God says, I have given you all of Livingston. And we were situated in Craig's Hill. But God says, it is not just Craig's Hill. I've given you all of Livingston. You see, this is a problem. We think too small. Sometimes God comes and says, I had to crush your dream because it was too small. Too small. Think big. Think big. And the Lord told us to move central. Now, we, we moved around various places. Don't, don't get us wrong. We honor the people that were before us. They did a fantastic job, really cared for the people. We honor them. We honor them. But then we got the prophetic word, move central, and there will be a place. God had led us... Um, we, the building had to be pulled down. God says, the old has to go before the new comes. So the wooden structure that we had that lasted for 20 years, we've just pulled it down and put it in a skip. Um, and then we started to rent different places. We got moved on to somewhere else, to the upper room. We used to be in the upper room. And then the Lord supernaturally um, gave us access to a council building where we were meeting upstairs and actually Melvin and I became key holders of the council building that we could go in on a Sunday and have church. That was supernatural. So 
The Lord has been with us step by step. And then he told us, go central. We thought we were to stay in Craig's Hill just because that's what we always did. You see? Sometimes our way of thinking is just because that's what the people before us thought. And we're not really listening. But the Lord says, I've given you all of living sin. In fact, you are to influence all through all the villages around. I have not forgotten all the small villages around. They need to be reached for the gospel too. And so, as you know, we went and were driving around because the Lord said you need to move central. There will be a place that you can rent. I feel like there are no community places in the center of Livingston. We knew that. We were driving around anyway and we drove past and saw the nightclub and we both said that would be a great church but it's a nightclub so we kept driving. The second time when we drove around I said Melvin the lights are on stop the car. (laughs) We walked in and we said can we rent and when they said what for we said church. (laughs) Yeah we got some reaction. Three days later they phoned Melvin and said let's talk. And they said, you can, you can rent the foyer. So remember, we all moved into the foyer. It was freezing cold. A lot of old chewing gum on the floor. And a lot of smell of alcohol and blah, 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 blah. But we moved in because God had told us. And then step by step, um, then eventually one day the owner said to us, this will never be a nightclub again. On the inside, I was, woo! I was going, oh, okay. <laughs> it was a God thing. It was a God thing. But he had told us we would only be there for three to five years. And when it came up to the end of January there, it was actually four and a half years. It's within God's timeline. That, that is some of the history where we've been going. God said that we are called to host the presence of God. A group of people that know how to heal the sick, working in signs, wonders, and miracles, know how to prophesy, to cast out demons. It's a house of signs and wonders in Livingston. We have to advertise miracles. We have to advertise because this is who God is. And people need to know there's hope through Jesus Christ. We are not a daycare center. We are not called to say, oh, you will be all right. No, no. We are called to cast out the demons and heal them. Not just keep them in the condition they come in. (laughs) Transformation of people's lives. Jesus came to set the captives free, not just to feed them a little bit in the prison. We are not a daycare center. You know a daycare center, they come in and they leave like this as well. No, they come in like this, but they should jump back as they walk out. This is a calling. This is your calling because it's the word of God. It's deep inside of us, isn't it? It's in our spirit. It's in our bone. We cannot deny it. God said he would send people in, and that's you. He said we would have a healing clinic, and we've got a medical clinic. Call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 
You will be part of that as well. You, it's for the every believer. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We have to have a nighttime cafe for the disenfranchised. We are called to have extended worship. We have already done some of these things, but there's so much more. So much more. So much more. Church planting. Some of you are called to be in church planting. Planting new churches. Yes. God is not finished. He wants to plant new churches. So we really believe this is the time to be looking and move into our own premises. When COVID hit, when the first pandemic came, there were very few churches that were open. And if we had been in this location, we would not have been able to meet because the council shut all their places down. You see, so when you are under somebody else's authority, then God, then you're restricted. Fortunately, because we partner with who God put us with, the, the, the nightclub, they don't care what, what, what you do. They don't care. So we were able to still meet. We were able to still meet. So it's very important that we have premises where we are not restrained and we were not imposed upon what we can and cannot preach. And we're not told to, you know, all the wokeness. We, need, we want to preach the word of God, plain and simple. Which has not changed. Which has not changed. So it's so important in able to facilitate everything that God has called us to. Now, just a few weeks back, uh, Richard, who sits in the back there, Richard Darrick, shared with Melvin and myself a dream that he had. It was just so interesting because in this dream, he said... Um, we were in a natural amphitheater and the builder came. Now, <clears throat> dream interpretation, amphitheater speaks about an open heaven, right? Don't worry, the, the building will have a roof. But it's a spiritual sign for us, symbolic of having an open heaven. Amphitheaters, I looked it up online, they are huge. There's amphitheaters that can seat 60,000 people. That would be all the people of Livingston. I don't think we'll have a building that big, but you never know what God can do. They're big. And then in the dream, Richard said, the builder came in. Now, who's the builder of the church? It's the Lord. He came, but listen to what the Lord said. He said, why are you waiting Why are you waiting? Because we were laying the slabs on the foundation. We were laying the slabs. And then the Lord says, you need to do 18 times what we had measured out. In other words, it is too small. It needs to be 18 times bigger. Now, the number 18 is significant in Scripture. You can look up that Scripture, Victor, in Luke 13, 11. Because 13, uh, 18 was the number of years. It says, a woman 
who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself. So Jesus set her free. So 18 is symbolic of breakthrough. Breakthrough. So that's a lot of saying. You've got to make it 18 times bigger because you're called for breakthrough. That is our calling. Breakthrough. Bondage breaking. Then I also thought about, I wonder what else the 18 means when the Lord is saying 18 times. So I looked at our attendance on that Sunday and multiplied by 18. And I came to 1,000. And then I was, wow. Do you know why I was so <coughs> shaken by that? Was because the person, the couple that started this church, they are with the Lord now, George and Joan. George had a vision from the Lord for a thousand souls. Amen. And I felt the Lord saying, the foundation has already been laid all these years ago. A vision for a thousand souls. Amen. It seems a lot to us when we sit here and I have to, I, I have had to repent. I have repented before the Lord for being of little faith because I remember sitting at Maple Grove and George saying he had a vision for a thousand souls. I was sitting in the pew and I thought, <laughs> because we are just ordinary people. But I have repented from that because we have an extraordinary God. A thousand souls is probably too small. It's only 1.6% of the population of Livingston, a thousand. Surely, God deserves a lot more than that. And even if you say, oh, there's 10 churches and you multiply by 10, 16%, I would still say, surely the Lord Jesus deserves a much greater reward than that. Doesn't that say one will be taken and one will be left? Isn't that 50%? You know, we've got to change the way that we think and come into alignment with the way that the Lord thinks. The point is, the building that we tried to purchase in February timeframe, we didn't get. And now we understand, as much as we loved it, it was too small. It was, it was too small. You see? You've got to think bigger. The, the latest prophetic word we have is that we will be saying, space, space, space. Look what the Lord has done. That's our prophetic word. About a year ago, Sammy uh, had a picture and she saw Melvin and myself sitting and there was a round table and Melvin signing documents. Documents. Something to do with the building. Like some kind of partnership or something. And then, remember the couple that visited us from Alaska? 
Remember, they know nothing about here, right? What do they know? They're the first time coming to Livingston. But uh, on the first time that we were on Zoom, they prophesied over the church and they said they saw an unlikely partnership. I don't know what I don't know what that will be. But see, God gives us God gives us little hints so that we can recognize when it happens. But we have to position ourselves and we have to press in for it. And this is why we've got this 21 day together where we're really praying, really, really, really praying for us to be. We don't want to continue to try the wrong doors. We want to go to the right door now. That is what we desire. Another interesting part of the what she saw was she actually saw a silhouette of a man who would be we would get favor with and she said this man is either Middle Eastern or Indian or something like that. He's a man of, of colour. But that was all she could tell because I started to ask questions, but that's all that she saw. So we just don't know exactly how that will play out. But that's where we are right now. God has got these plans for us. Space, space, space. See what the Lord has done. We need the space for the kids' clubs and the various age groups, for the youth, for all the various activities. We need the space. We need the space. As you know, um, we also have a building over at Stonyburn that um, joined with this church. They were down to just a couple of members and they joined with us um, this more than 10 years ago. And we took that church over and we went in, we renovated it and we've used it. It's too small for us now for a Sunday, but we've been praying and praying for God's plans and purposes also for Stonyburn. This, this, it's a it's a spiritual battle, you understand. When when we were told about Livingston having the lowest church attendance, that is that is a spiritual thing. That is a spiritual thing. And for Stonyburn, there's also a resistance over there. So we've been praying and I'm really thrilled to be able to share with you that there is another church, spirit-filled church, that have moved out from Edinburgh and they came and approached us and they have asked if they can rent our building in Stonyburn every Sunday morning. And uh, Melvin and then just signed the papers on Friday. So we, remember, it's kingdom business. It's kingdom business. It doesn't matter what, what your label is, as long as it's kingdom. And so they will be worshipping there, praise God. We told them, you will have such a fantastic time because there's a real anointing in that building. We've seen bipolar cast out instantly in that building. Yes, I'm telling you, Melvin and I met uh, Brian again on at a funeral on Wednesday. He came up to us, he says, when I see you, I get so emotional. He came into that church, he gave his life to Christ. He stopped drinking, he was an alcoholic, he was set free. And then one day after the meeting, he looked so depressed and we prayed and we took authority over the spirit of depression. And when he went home, God is gracious, something poured out from his belly button and from his ear, foul smelling stuff. And he shouted at his wife and he said, oh, and she said, shall I call an ambulance? He said, 
No, I'm actually feeling absolutely great. So that was a demon coming out of him when he got home. And since then, he's never, ever had depression. Being back to the doctor, and the doctor says, you need to stop the medication because the medication is now making you ill. Saved, healed, delivered. That happened in Stodyburn. Stodyburn's also the place where our dear Sammy got a healing from stage four cancer. Yes, this is real. So we are excited what God is doing in Stonyburn and we want to partner with all of God's people. We want to honor all of God's people and now it's the time for us. So we are meeting every night on Zoom at from seven till eight, there's a Zoom call just to pray. Hop on and off when you are available. If you're not available, just pray in your own time. But it's, it's great when we're all together and when we pray. So that is why we are praying for break.